0: Hello everyone, and thanks for joining us here at Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital business revolution by speaking with the business executives and thought leaders who are profoundly changing how the world works, lives, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today is Pierre-Luc Bizayon, who's the new CEO at Cirque du Soleil Entertainment Group. In with us. Thank you, Bob. Great to meet you. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. I, like so many other people, are enchanted by what Cirque du Soleil does. his incredible performances. We've seen him in the tents, and it's such a powerful brand. But tell us, sort of, what is the story of the the business behind you know these remarkable performers?
1: Thank you. Um, it is a great business. I would say, in summary, that we're in the business of awe, mm-hmm. uh, in the business of live entertainment. We do see ourselves and are a global leader in live entertainment, which means, yes, we are building on our strength of live circus, modern circus shows as you know them, and increasingly expanding into new interactive areas as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And Pierre-Luc, so you are relatively new to the company, about six months or so. That's right. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to Cirque du Soleil.
1: Great. So I've had a career basically between uh, mandates and strategy, uh, management consulting with McKinsey, uh, some entrepreneurship in some of the infrastructure as a service areas, and some uh, corporate IT uh, either on the supplier side with Dell or other large global leaders like BRP, the company behind the Skidoo's and SIDU uh, manufacturing brand.
0: Okay. So you bring a strong sense of not just what goes on with the technology, but above that, the driving forces of you know, rapidly changing markets. Place, consumer taste, and you hinted at a little into your description of the company about some new directions where your employer might be headed there. So, anything you can talk about with that?
1: Well, I think the thoughts I, I, I'm trying to bring to Sir de Soleil is what is technology? Uh, capable of bringing from a business perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really, I think, the role of a modern CIO with technology is important, but it's only as important as the benefits it's going to bring to its consumers and to to its business. You know, I think if I had to summarize and we can explore uh, different areas, but right now technology at Cirque du Soleil is, is really driving three big areas. Mm-hmm. One is helping us become an efficient global leader. Because of the scale and the growth and the diversification that we have, we do need a a solid infrastructure, business infrastructure. So whether it's finance, HR, IT, recruiting all of the employees and artists that we have to find uh, to continue to create new shows. Uh, So that's one uh, area. The second area would be all of the creative services that are also going through big digital transformations and maybe lesser known to the general public, but even the costumes area is going through major changes, 3D -hmm. scanning, 3D Mm -hmm. printing, 3D patterns. So there's a lot happening there. And finally would be the consumer and sort of in-show experience. So all of the relationship we have with our fans from the first point of contact, before the show, during the show, and and the lifelong relationship Mm -hmm. we build with them. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of topics we can explore.
0: What you've described is this business of awe. Yes. That's
1: a very powerful value proposition to the
0: market. Could you explain a little what you mean by that?
1: I mean, everything starts with the relationship we have with our fan at every contact point we have with Mm -hmm. them, right? So the, the biggest and I guess the most obvious contact point is their show experience itself. Now, what you experience when you're sitting down and watching is one thing, and there's a lot going on there. We've experimented with an in, in-app uh, or an in-show app concept. Yeah. Yeah. so we, we are looking at some of these scenarios, but I think the awe happens sort of all around that as well, and it's a really complete experience. And I, I do think that overall consumers are expecting more from any relationship that they have with any... experience that they live so they do expect the the special attention before they do expect a different experience before after the show and and an overall sort of I'm going to say digital relationship maybe even at that level with us
0: pierre Luke in the, the U.S. with the National Football League. It was interesting, four or five years ago, the league did a survey of all the season ticket holders of all the franchises around the country, and a big part of it was what could we do better? What would make your experience better? And I think it was like 70 or 80 percent said, we want more TVs in the stadium. We want, we want to see the ESPN Red Zone, which allowed them to watch other games in the stadium. And the third thing they said, put better Wi-Fi technology in the stadium as well. So I remember the league said we were quite surprised by this and what in essence, I think some of the the fans were saying was, we want you to recreate the at-home experience and let me take the at-home experience and add that onto the physical experience I have in the arena. So when you describe this opportunity to build a digital relationship with your fans that extends beyond the incredible shows, could you give us a couple ideas of how that relationship would play out and how you'd extend that connection?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing I'm going to say is I think we have to be careful of the in-show experience itself in terms of what live entertainment is. And I think I will say personally that in this day and age, there's also a value of having less technology yes. perhaps yes. in some of these events. I'll just leave it out there. It's it's something I think we, we have to find the right balance yeah. with our, 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 our fans. I think overall though in all of the the sort of the before the sort of the complete life cycle relationship we have with them i think the fans are looking fo- to get to know us a little better so get to know the artists what is it what is it like to be an artist what is uh-huh. it like to be a makeup artist uh-huh. that create all of the makeups what is it like to work in a costume shop mm-hmm. uh, and create those you know 3d models or, or mm-hmm. use you know laser etching technology yeah. so i think uh, it, it's more of an expanded relationship to have that sort of glimpse of behind the scenes, get to know us a little bit better, get to know the artists a little bit better, and then be able to follow, you know, other experiences that they could live with us going forward.
0: Yeah, that's a great insight there, and you could see a lot of people, especially some of the, I think it'll extend across all ages, but especially the younger fans who'd look at that and say, oh my gosh, how did they do that?
1: Yeah, yeah. How
0: did they do that? Is that real? You yeah. Know, so that magic that comes with it, or the awe. Yeah, is and we, part we of the have brand. a couple
1: of additional you know moments where we're creating now some VIP experiences, or you uh-huh. can stay and meet the artists uh-huh. after. You know, I, I don't want to make a cheap shot, but take the picture, put on your yeah. selfie with with an artist. But I mean, it's part of what fans expect today. So we yeah. we also have to be uh, aware of that.
0: Yeah. So now for you, Pierre-Luc, six months in, how are things going? Tell us about you know. Uh, you've mentioned three big areas here, the efficiency, creative, and the consumer experience, but do you have like, top priorities that you come into work every day focusing on?
1: Well, I think in terms of my top priorities, after six months, in terms of my, my key priorities, uh, the first one is really to reposition the IT organization as an organization who understands digital, who understands business, and that can bring business value. I think we have the good foundation. Uh, I think we have the right people. But I do think that's a common theme with other IT organization that sometimes they're still missing just that, that little bit of the right, mix of skills and attitude to bring those types of services and that type of value to the business. So so focusing on how the IT organization can evolve to deliver that, uh, focusing on harnessing the data that we have, which is another key theme that I think is, is important because all of the other topics like Internet of Things or AI or, or, or BI, all depend on the quality of the data that we have. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another area that we we spend uh, a lot of time on. And then I mean immediately, I guess as a as a priority uh, in terms of business projects, I would say we are spending a little bit more time on that sort of uh, foundation piece, mm-hmm. uh, that that first piece of sort of building the the finance and HR backbone. That's one of the areas where I would say I am spending a little bit more time as we you know grow to new countries as we've started to make a few acquisitions. Uh, and integrating them, so that's, I guess, on the business front, one of the area that, okay. uh, that's, that requires some time.
0: And I think it wouldn't have been that long ago, uh, Pierre-Luc, that speaking with the CIO, the two things that you were really keen on from the outset here about strategy and entrepreneurship, those might not not too long ago have been classic CIO mindset. How is that changing today in the in the world here, this digital business and the experience component that you mentioned there? That just it seems like that's essential now for somebody who's gonna drive strategy.
1: Now um, nobody said I'm a typical CIO either. Correct. (laughs) Uh, But I think those are essential elements, especially where I think technology is becoming pervasive. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think we've had a lot of discussions already. I think even in the past, perhaps to your point or in in a previous model where you would have you know heard of concepts like shadow IT yes. as a bad thing because oh they don't know they you know and, and I think we we have to be careful that there is some alignment and cohesion at some level but uh, in 2018 at this day and age there is IT everywhere yeah. uh, and we I don't think our job is to stop it I think yeah. our job is to harness it yeah. and so I think that 's really the mandate of the CIO now is to see how can we let IT be everywhere mm-hmm. in a way that is the most productive for the organization mm-hmm. uh, and that means architecture actually plays a very interesting role business and technology architecture it means the roles and responsibilities may start to evolve and I mean, this is something that you hear all the time, but I would agree that you need more IT people in the business and more business people in IT so that that communication is a lot better and that relationship is a lot closer. And I do think that IT has to be a contributor on a... IT strategy, but, you know, even business strategy eventually.
0: Yeah. And I always was sort of puzzled by the notion of, again, I think this is changing, which I, I believe is a very good thing. But CEO is saying, you know, my job and the job of the IT organization is to support the business. And on the one hand, that's true. And on the other hand, what they're saying is I'm not part of the business. Yeah, yeah. So I think what you're talking about is a higher value, deep integration, yeah. right? And,
1: now, I'm not saying that that's uh, already accomplished. Yes. Uh, I do think that it's part of the mandate or the, how I see my, my mandate to yeah. build that and to yeah. earn that, I would say, even because it's you know it's easy to say, but at some point you also have to deliver. Uh, yeah. And even if it means that the first thing you have to do is fix the basics, because if you can't fix that, you won't be able to have the next yeah. level conversation yeah. either. So that's part of my job, too.
0: Certainly, and it was the first priority that you pointed out. You yeah. described as repositioning the IT organs. Yeah. get them more attuned to the business as opposed to being, it's over there and we're over here. And, yeah. you know. and yes, the Wi-Fi has to work. <laughs> <Yeah>, right, <laughs> and so on. So, uh, Pierre-Luc, you're doing some work with SAP, and yes. can you describe how SAP is helping you in this this transformation?
1: Absolutely. So overall, we've, uh, you know, SAP has been a great partner. Uh, we, we are partnering with SAP across multiple business areas, uh, you know, including finance, including procurement, including HR. And sort of recent history, we've also engaged with SAP to move to the new S4 HANA cloud uh, solution. So that was in sort of recent months, and we are now looking at, you know, how this will be deployed and, and have an impact and bring us to that sort of next level of sort of financial back end sort of digital systems that we need to be, you know, the global leader that we're trying to be.
0: You're you know, a young executive here, you're new in the job, the company's doing some wild things. Uh, what role does broadly the cloud or cloud technology, how is it helping you achieve and the company achieve its goals?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think cloud is a is a broad term that I, I think is important to define a little bit more specifically. So, I mean, I, I come from an infrastructure-as-a-service background where that's cloud, and sort of yeah. AWS and Google Cloud Platform is, is, is what cloud means. I think it, from a business perspective, it tends to refer to software-as-a-service a lot more as a delivery model, as a technology model, as a business model. And I think the the, the key part as a business consumer is really cloud is software, and software helps us improve business processes. Mm-hmm. And whether that means be more effective, save money, make more money, and increasingly perhaps be one of the elements to transform the business, mm-hmm. I think that's what technology is you know—a a capable of doing and what cloud or software as a service capable of doing. But of course, uh, they... Software as a service will come from you know, most of the benefits, I think, that your listeners and readers are, are used to, so you know, pay as you go, don't have to worry about the technology stack, you know, no big upfront investments, continuous value, continuous innovation, which is also yeah. usually the biggest one from a business value. The, the organization doesn't want to, or the CFO or the board doesn't want me to come and request servers and request database money and you know upgrade money. They just want to know that it works, yeah. that they want to know that it, they get their value for it. A- another theme that I've heard many customers share is the fact that it brings a certain rigor and l- sort of limits you know how much damage you could do with local customizations that yeah. may not be optimal for the long term. So there's a bit of a theme that once you go to cloud, for something that's not necessarily different, differentiating from a a competitive perspective, Uh you want to rely on somebody else to bring that constant innovation. I mean, I've sometimes used like a public transportation or just transportation analogy for clouds, where you used to own the car and now you take the metro or the subway. So the subway will continue to improve, they'll add AC, they'll add new lines, they'll add new things that you keep benefiting from over your long time on a shared infrastructure, right? That's a little bit of the, the mindset that you have. Now, sometimes it means if they're expanding on the east and you're trying to go west, you know, you have to make different choices, yeah. but that comes with yeah. the, the model as well.
0: Yeah, uh, Pure Loop. You know, this is this has been great. With anything you want to be sure to bring up before we wrap.
1: No, I mean, I think this is a, a very interesting time in the industry overall, uh, both from a, a general IT, you know, and technology perspective, as well as, uh, you know, what's happening really on, on the ERP or cloud space. I mean, I'm curious, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on sort of what industry will be the next one to be disrupted. I mean, that's mm-hmm. always something that, you know, we've seen automa- uh, automotive, we've seen um, hospitality We've seen all these industries get disrupted. So I'm, I'm curious to see where, you know, all these combinations of technology will continue to push the envelope. That's what I'm keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah. yeah well, you know, you think about something like the retail business. Yeah, uh, that would be my... Uh, you know, Walmart took the name stores out yeah. of, its, of its corporate name. But uh, at, at other times, you'll still catch them. You know, we've got to be as good in retail as we always were. But we also have to know that it isn't us sitting here demanding that consumers come to our store, we've got to meet them wherever they want to be. Yeah, yeah. So I think in some ways that what's intriguing is, you know, you line up the, whatever, the 16, 18, 20 industries, they're all going to get yeah. rattled. And that the interesting place, pierre Luke, that I'm seeing is where companies that used to almost like, you know, they were defined by a boundary or a fence and said, this is your industry and you stayed in your right, in- and Now right. they're saying, well, wait, the money's moving over here. My opportunities are going. That's so they span industries, and they're defying sort of this antiquated, more physical world definition
1: that had f- limitations and perhaps that are falling now. Yeah, That's
0: and, and because it's it was one that was more philosophical than it was real world. As consumers say, mm, I, I want to buy. I buy a lot of stuff from Walmart, but 90% of what I buy is online. It is yeah. not little to do with their store. Or, you know, consumer brands like Nike and so on, you see healthcare companies trying to understand the insurance field better because we have the data now to do things over here. Car companies trying to understand with autonomous vehicles, what are the insurance insights that they could have. They're all coming in around the data thing. And I think the data is going to be the, you know, continue to be the lever that just knocks down these old-fashioned constructs that we've lived by for a while. And they've been helpful in some ways, but they're not as helpful now as they are because there's forces coming from underneath and outside and little companies, big companies that are just blowing apart the old rules. Yeah, So in those respects, that's why it's so much fun doing things like this and having these conversations. And, uh, Uh, It's so exciting what you're doing with Cirque du Soleil. uh, Pierre-Luc, thank you so much for making the time to uh, have this conversation. Thank you, Bob. And I also want to thank all of you listeners for joining us here on Cloud Wars Live, where we explore the unfolding adventures of digital transformation and how those are profoundly changing, how we live, work, play, learn, and experience the world. I hope you'll join us for other episodes of Cloud Wars Live, and please share your feedback with me at bobevanspa at gmail.com.